Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 354, Erato, a photographer's model. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com With the coronavirus being active, please practice social distancing. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. We are online with Erato from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, way in the upper northeast part of the country. How are you this evening, Erato? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm great. You know, I was looking through FetLife and found our profile page. I'm a photographer, and so when I saw some of the photos that you were doing, I was really intrigued. Uh, they're very artistic, and you really go for um, a, a different look than a lot of the ones that I see out there. So how long have you been in the kinky scene, and how, where did this all come from? Well, I started my journey in kink um, decades ago when I was in college, um, but took a couple decade hiatus for Vanilla Life and found myself back um, exploring my kinky side probably about three, three and a half years ago. And that is when I started to, um, I didn't actually realize my exhibitionist tendencies until I joined FetLife and started posting some of the photos that we were creating. And it really fed um, a side of me that I didn't know I had. What was the feedback that you're getting from uh, the viewers? It's less about that. I mean, I do love when people appreciate the artistic um, and creative nature of the photos that we make and share. So it's not so much the feedback as much as it is sharing the art and people appreciating the art of what we create. I mean, but on my other, you know, on my personal pictures that aren't artistic or creative, I do, um, I do enjoy the feedback and I do enjoy sharing it. But again, it's more for me and I feel empowered and creative when I can put something out there that people enjoy seeing. So the feedback is an added bonus. Fantastic. I noticed you have a lot of very artistic poses and some of them are black and white and, and some are very classic poses. And you also get it very deep into rope and um, suspension. Yeah, so rope is a new part of my journey um, that's been starting the last, I don't know, seven, what month? So 10 months, maybe, um, roughly. I think I had my first suspension maybe last fall, but didn't really start um, exploring rope more deeply until more recently. And then, of course, it got you know, shortened when COVID hit, um, but we are able to practice safely some rope now. Um, but this is new for me, and I'm hoping to explore learning to self-tie as well and self-suspend. We had some uh, people on the cast here recently that were into self-suspension because of the need during COVID. Lack of play partners did not stop her. Right. 
definitely. It certainly makes, um, you know, that was my first, when I started getting into rope, that was my first goal was to self-suspend because finding a rope partner um, is a challenge. And especially being up in the, the northeast corner of the country, um, there's less available partners as well. So I started to explore it in hopes of learning to do it myself. So I would never have to worry about having a partner to do that um, for me. The photographer that you work with, uh, is there just one or is there uh, several uh, on your site? Um, for the most part, um, the majority of my work is with Light Road Images. And I've done a couple informal shoots with uh, Showtime USA um, for a couple informal shoots. And um, the photography of the rope is all done by Rope Space, and the rope is done by Griffin 207. Some beautiful rope work here. Oh, he does wonderful work. So you've really uh, gotten back into the kinky scene kind of recently in the last couple of years. Are you exploring these different kinks, the different rope ties? And uh, I, I noticed there's a ball gag here and, and several different things. That part, no, not so much. Like the rope and the suspension is new for me. Um, when I got back into kink, I was living a submissive 24-7 um, partnership. And that was for a couple years. And then, you know, real life sort of got in the way of things. But so I've been exploring all sides of this. Um, I've always known and had an interest in kink and BDSM. Um, you know, like I said, from as early as, you know, 18, 19. So it was just coming back to something that had been missing in my life. And I feel free now to explore so many other components um, that obviously I couldn't do when I was 20. The, you know, the trying to find a community um, was a lot different back then. Yeah, today communities are, uh, they bloom right on the, uh, right on FetLife there. They do. You have a series of photos that are done like a kind of a high contrast, black and white, uh, with a lot of detail in them. Th those are amazing pictures. Uh, Light Road Images uh, did those. Um, yeah, the really dark series. Right. Yeah, that was, we were experimenting with um, some new lighting and um, that's one of my favorite series. Obviously, it doesn't really, it doesn't garner attention quite the same way but it sort of i wouldn't say that it was inspired by man ray but it's in the in the in the family of man ray some of them are directly inspired um i believe there's one with my hands behind me there's that and then there's the light that's highlighting behind my nipple shot so i that's one of my favorite series um that we did it's very artistic and very sort of dark and body-scaped type stuff. So I, I very much enjoyed that one. Listeners, if you want to go to FetLife, to Erato, E-R-A-T-O's page, and uh, check out some of these uh, photographs, they're truly uh, amazing. And that, that's what really attracted me uh, the first time. And then to uh, see the uh, the exhibitionist side of you, uh, you have some, um, I guess, shots that you've just made with your phone in there also mixed in. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and just to clarify, um, there is an errato that is not me. Um, my errato has a dash at the end. Oh, of yes. It. Okay. There is a dash and it's in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yes. I do very much enjoy um, taking snapshots with my phone. I try to make them interesting and different um, so that it, it's not the same um, every time. But sometimes, you know, you lack some creativity um, to, to do something different with those. But I, I do love to share and I love to get the feedback in conversation with the people who I've become, you know, close with on FET over the years. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's interesting. So even though the pictures are similar sometimes, or they're just done with my own phone, everything on my gallery is very much a piece of my journey. And when I've thought about deleting pictures that, um, clock, like I have a lot on there. So if folks want to find some of the older stuff we've done, they have to go quite a bit through my gallery to get there. But I don't like to delete it because they're all a step that I've taken on my journey. And for me, it's just like flipping through a photo album of your childhood. And each of those pictures brings me to a moment in my life where something was happening. It means something to me. It brings me back to that place. Well, there are certainly stories in a lot of these pictures. Definitely. And even if there's not a story that you can recognize, there's a story there for me that I see FetLife as a way to chronicle my journey where I can't chronicle it in any other way in the because of the vanilla world um, in the same way where I can sort of have it all chronologically placed and um, available to share with others and for me to go back and, and reminisce. What advice would you give somebody that's just coming into um, naked photography and putting themselves out? For the most part, my work with Light Road Images was through our personal relationship as well. Um, so those boundaries and um, things that, that guided the type of shoot we would do and display were all discussed um, as part of that relationship. For somebody new doing this, um, I would definitely recommend if you, it depends on the level of, of photography that you're doing. If you're with somebody at a, you know, a play partner or something, and they're taking pictures with their phone, and it's not a professional shoot, um, things to discuss there would be whose camera has that photo on it. And if you don't want them to have your photo forever, to ask them to take the pictures with your phone. Um, things of that nature to protect yourself from nefarious actions later on. If it's with a professional photographer, I would definitely talk about contracts and how the photos are going to be used what parts of your body can be shown. All of that stuff can be spelled out in a model agreement that you should be able to go over with the photographer and probably in advance if they can give it to you so you have a chance to look it over and come with questions um, for that. 
So those are some things that I would recommend. Um, as you would notice in my pictures, I don't have my face in any pictures. Um, and that's a piece of the agreement that we have about my photos. And even though I have a relationship, um, we have a model agreement that spells out where the photos can be used by each of us and how they'll be displayed to protect both of us. You know, just because the pictures that you see on FET don't have my face on them um, doesn't mean there aren't photos of me with my face in them that exist on the disc for the pictures. Um, and so having a clear understanding and a legal agreement about those pictures, um, I would definitely recommend. I recommend bringing a chaperone or a friend to a first photo shoot, check references, um, and not just of the people who are in the photos that they have displayed. You know, talk to people, ask around, um, and and find out. It while FetLife is a, a large community or small community, um, and do your due diligence. You know, make sure that you watch out for yourself, both privacy wise and safety wise. The model agreement that you talked about is a really important thing, and it protects both you and the photographer, because a lot of things are discussed. That also goes into a model release. I have done a number of those, and it's important that you put down what media this picture is to be used in, whether it's electronic media, a particular website, for instance. You can narrow it down and lock it into nothing more than that. I did uh, a number of shoots that were specifically gallery-based, and so the image would only be printed and never appear electronically. Uh, so... Those sorts of things are very important that the understanding, it's like negotiating a scene. You don't want any surprises. Exactly. And sometimes it's not easy to think about what all of those surprises might be. And so having a chance to review a model agreement beforehand and talk it over with people who may have done one can help to inform you of the additional questions you may need to ask, like what you just suggested about the medium. You know, maybe somebody wouldn't have thought to make sure that that's in there. And if it's not in there, then there's nothing to to protect you from that. And you can always add to an agreement. If the photographer has a boiler standard boilerplate agreement, you can add a paragraph to that that narrows it to specifically what you want. And if they sign it and you sign it, then that is a, a legal agreement. Absolutely. If somebody tells you that they can't change it at all, that would be something to be concerned Red about. flags. Right. Absolutely. These are things that people uh, don't think about. And many times photo shoots on FetLife start on a camera phone and are taken at the heat of the moment. And, you know, it, it is possible to revoke rights. It's a little hard once you get into a shoot without an agreement, though. Absolutely. And especially if it's not on, you know, your phone, if it's on their personal device, if they're not a photographer, um, those are, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, informal sort of shoots um, offer their own complications, potential complications. I've had situations where I've done photo shoots and um, not on a professional basis, just 
uh, for a photo trade sort of thing. But uh, they went into a relationship and their new relationship did not want any of these photos out. So I was contacted and they were removed off websites or wherever they were simply because I respect a person's right to um, have either a change of mind or a change of uh, life condition. Right. Absolutely. Not everybody treats respect as a core integrity. And so just it's up to you to make sure that you 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 think about those things as as the model or as the person who's being photographed to protect yourself. Google is your friend here. Um, look up model agreements and uh, model releases in Google and just go through those and add the word nude to them. And uh, you'll see uh, a lot more specific sorts of things that uh, cover where the uh, picture can be used. And uh, I am going to break into negotiation with you later on uh, if we can use one of these pictures for the logo on KinkyCast. And we will uh, come to a specific agreement on a specific shot only for that purpose. And this is important for me as the KinkyCast that I have permission specifically to use a picture of yours. And I do that with every guest. And some guests say there are no pictures that I want you to use. And so when uh, you see some of our shows that just have graphics and text, that is because there is no photo granted. And that's just the way it is. There are people that do not want their lifestyle put out in any way. Many times, you know, I don't use faces. If somebody is okay with a face, I'll use a face. If they provide me a picture that has a back or an arm or whatever it is that that's artistic, I'll use that. And um, from there, we drop back to graphics. I'll have to, um, like I said, so these are not my photographs to grant permission completely to. So that would be a discussion with the photographer as well. That is a point that I'm glad you brought it up because ownership of a photo is in very many different places. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can say, oh, sure, use this picture, frame 104. But a photographer took that and actually owns that picture. Right. And with that, I may have to do a photo credit. I may have to do any number of things to get permission from the photographer. It's one thing to have your release. I need a photographer's release also. Right. A lot of people don't think about that. Right. We have in our agreement a very specific understanding of where I can share those pictures. Not just where he can, but where I can as well. A model agreement works in both directions. Right. Do you have um, limits that you lay out for photographers, scenes you will not do? Because, again, uh, my, my situation with my photographer um, is also in a relationship. Um, we have talked about certain things that are limits, um, but they're sort of, as we are brainstorming ideas, um, I might have concerns about whether it's too graphic, if I'm not comfortable with it, if my face might be in it, if I have a safety concern about whatever we're going to do in that shot, um, how we're going to mitigate um, any potential cons safety concerns. So for example, we have some photos with a light bulb 
and that wasn't photoshopped in. So some of the concerns that we had were, you know, what's the risk of electrocution? Do we have to add any protections for that? Um, things like those kinds of questions that may or may not be um, feasible, but I'm not an electrician, so I don't know where my risk necessarily lies. So it's sort of working through those things and putting myself in a position where I feel comfortable with the safety decision that I've made. And the thing is, you have to ask the question, because if the photographer also doesn't have much understanding of electricity, then you might want to call stop on that one. Right. We will often talk through the possible scenarios, the mitigation um, techniques that we can use to alleviate any concerns or risk. And then at the end of the day, it's my risk profile of what I'm comfortable with. You know, if I'm in a pose where I'm upside down um, and say I have a light bulb out my ass, if I fall over and that shatters, what is my risk? Um, and am I willing to take that risk for the sake of the art? Yes, indeed. And as you can see, I did. <laughs> and these sorts of things are important because uh, it, it's not any different than negotiating a scene for safety. Um, you, you're just adding another couple components to it. Sure, absolutely. And again, you can't foresee every possible scenario um, that might happen, but at least going through the ones that you can think of and working through that stuff and being sure to, to, to take precautions against those um, is important. Um, the other photographers, you know, my work with Showtime and um, with Rope Spaced and Griffin, all of those are, are negotiated before we do the pictures of what that's going to be because I don't have as consistent of a relationship with them. We don't have a standard sort of negotiation. It's case by case basis. We do it before each shoot. And I think a lot of people need to consider uh, that sort of thing. It is a, uh, you're getting into new waters sometimes, you know, you haven't worked them out thoroughly and see where it goes. Right. There's one picture. It's a drawing I guess, of a, of a picture. It has a very uh -huh. colorful background, and it's signed yes. R.A.M. Ram. Who is the credit on the picture? Colors of your moments, bound by art. Yes. Okay, so Ram must be his um, signature, yeah. So he contacted us um, to ask permission to be able to paint a, a copy of one of the photos we had put up. Um, that he was particularly moved by. He's painted quite a few people on FET in the same, the same method, and he's a phenomenal artist. And I'd like to point out there are so many phenomenal artists and talented creative people on FET Life um, that are spread throughout. They, they don't rise to the top of KMP every day, but they're out there and there's just amazing work, whether it's in um, BDSM or boudoir or rope or whatever their genre or all of the above might be in painting, drawing. There's so many pencil artists and painters and um, that do beautiful work. And I would suggest to anybody on on Fat Life, explore that. Um, there's just amazing art out there that is hidden, hidden gems on Fat. 
There are absolutely. There's some illustrations that are just amazing, uh, whether they're charcoals or pencils. They're off the charts for detail and, and really beautiful stuff. I love a good artistic uh, twist to it, and that's why uh, looking at some of your pictures, they brought me in because they're they're more than just you know snapshots of a naked body. They're they're enriched in many ways, and people you know look at that as a possibility. Is how can you elevate your art? Right, my favorite piece that we've ever done, and. Um one of what I consider to be one of our best shots was our second photo shoot ever. And it's hard to try to live up to that on a regular basis. I don't think we'll ever top that one, but we, we certainly like to attempt. We continually strive to create art um, and it'll be different. It, it won't be necessarily better or the same, um, but it'll be ours and we don't really put up stuff that we don't believe in or stand by, at least with the light road images, you know. When magic happens, you know, sometimes it only strikes once and uh, you get a wonderful shot out of it. You can never reproduce it or you can never one up it. And uh, I, I've got a number of those shots that just happened on a spur of the moment. You know, the lighting was just in the right place to, to pick up the flash of an eye or whatever it was. And, when you see that, you go, wow, I'd like to do that again. You know, get lightning to strike in the same place twice, but it doesn't happen. Right, right. Well, I mean, this shot, that first shot, um, it was it was planned. Um, Light Road Images, he had this image in his mind for quite some time. But how phenomenal it came out, um, I think, was... I don't want to say a surprise. I don't want to diminish his talent and his art, but it, it definitely um, speaks to both of us as one of our, our favorite pieces. Um, and we've done similar ones to it, which you've probably noticed. There's sort of a pattern to some of our, our poses that we do. Um, I guess it's become our signature. Keep up the good work. Uh, this is great stuff that you're doing. And, you know, when you have a, a team like the two of you, it is a creative team and you're, you're really contributing to each other's success. Neither one of us could do it without the other. Um, I do not have the technical skills or knowledge of photography and lighting and whatnot to do any of that. Um, creatively, I come with some ideas. Um, sometimes they're Light Road's ideas that he's been thinking on. And sometimes it's ones that we develop back and forth um, through talking through an idea. So like the light bulb one was, was my idea and it didn't exactly come out exactly the way I wanted it to, but not because of anything that he or I did. It was just the anatomy doesn't work the way your creative mind does. Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> it just gets in the way. Silly anatomy. But we work as, um, you know, we work as a team and you know, we've been working together for three years now, over three years, and we'll often have the same ideas. Like some of our more gritty pictures of, of life, there's a picture of um, construction work on there. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I'm renovating my basement. So when we were planning the weekend, I said, do you have any work boots? You should bring some work boots in your camera. Um, 
and the actual composition of the picture was light road images but he was like i was gonna suggest that i bring my work boots too because he had the same idea he was like we should do a shot down there with the construction so that was just a snapshot it wasn't really a formal photo shoot um but it was sort of like i mentioned earlier it captures a moment in my life in my journal of my gallery so that when i look at that i remember those are the times when we were renovating my basement like a little mark in your calendar absolutely there is uh, so many great images that uh, we could go through but uh, we'll have our listeners uh, go uh, um, dwell in your uh, gallery themselves on the, your fetlife page it's worth the time to see what uh, artistic things and lighting is the real important thing here. Some of the scenes are impeccably lit. Yeah. His talent, I struggle to find words, but he has lighting and composition of images and editing, of course. He just does a phenomenal job. I've never seen talent. Well, I've never worked with anybody else, but I mean, like, this is. I don't see anything similar to what we do. What is in the future? Do you have a shot uh, planned that you're going to do? I do, but I think it's not going to make it before fall turns to winter. So it might have to wait until spring. An outdoor shot? Yes. Uh -huh. Might be a little cold in New Hampshire. It wouldn't be the right vibe for the photo. Um, this is a, a my idea. We'll see how it works out. And... I'm going to keep it a surprise. I haven't told anybody okay. um, other than light road images. We are, we are actively planning it and the, the folks that have the location that we will use. So there's four people who know about this shoot. How much do you shoot outside? That is, it's, it's difficult. I would love to shoot outside more. I, um, that exhibitionist side, that we started talking about, like whenever we go for a walk or a hike or are exploring new areas, all I can see where I am is that's a great place for a photo shoot. How can I be nude there and not be arrested? Um, not have kids see me because that's a, you know, a hard limit for me. And how can we do it respectfully of the space? So, but there's not a lot of spaces where we can do it. And um, we have some great shots from outside that were pretty, it was in a bunker type space and it was underground and there was actually people walking above us as we were doing the photo shoot. So it was a bit of a rush to be there doing the photo shoot knowing we could get caught or, or seen but it was a great place to take photos. We couldn't pass it Is up. Is that the place with the arch, the brick arch? Yes. Oh, that's a fabulous shot. Wow. Yeah. Check it out, folks. Arado, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and sharing some of the model side of photography. We've had photographers on the show before, but I wanted to switch it up and hear from the other side and uh, get some ideas that, that you had. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And just as a disclaimer, I've never modeled before in any way before doing pictures with light road images. So you don't have to be a model to model for photographs like this. That is a great advice. Negotiate a scene and get out and just try it. You have nothing to lose. That's right. 
You have been listening to episode 354 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our kinky crew, I'm Max. (laughs) 